Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hey there, welcome to Bois, King of the Hill podcast. I am Mike. And I'm Rusty. You still are. I still am. Yeah. Last check. So, Rusty, uh, second show in the beautiful downtown Alico building in Waco, Texas. It is. It is the uh, second episode right here in the 21st floor. 21st floor out of 22. Out of 22. Yeah, we got one floor to go. We're over 450 plus feet above sea level. Yeah, I told somebody that the other day and they freaked out. Oh, they did. Yeah, they thought it was really, really high, and they didn't like that. Well, if you go to the ground, you're still you're you're at four hundred and something feet on the ground. It's just the extra twenty plus feet that are these floors are, that were up. But this is like, I mean, if it's twenty floors, if it's twenty, oh, it's like one extra floors, yeah, it'd be like two hundred and ten, if not uh, more. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're up here. We're yeah. somewhere up here in the stratosphere. Gravity still works here. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna test that one. You know, I. Uh, I was talking to my wife, and uh, I told her, I said, I think they figured out what's what's going on in the Bermuda Triangle. Hmm. So there are points on this planet where gravity doesn't work the same, which makes total sense to me. Are you talking about like those uh, those new age vortexes or whatever? I don't think it's uh, it's it's just gravity doesn't do the same thing in certain spots, yeah. right? So the way I envision it is like a pole that goes through the Earth. And the gravity just doesn't work the same way on those poles, okay. which kind of makes sense to me in my head. You know, you can't expect it to work exactly the same everywhere you're at, I wouldn't think. Uh, I don't know. They say they say the whole Earth could fit on a piece of college-ruled paper, <laughs> just real nice and flat. Whose who's paper? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Which college is this? I don't know. This is, a, but this I, is com- the, the Conspiracy Theory 101 podcast. That would make here. total sense to me, though. You know, if gravity doesn't work the same there, maybe it pulls those ships under and well, stuff, you know, and, and gravity goes all the way up. So maybe it pulls a plane down or something. I Who think knows? we're just sitting on the back of a large tortoise. Sure, sure. Walking through the, the ethereal space of... Uh, time in the universe and stars and things <laughs> yeah we're just waiting for that guy to push it us push yeah us up so the hill. uh season four episode 10 season four episode 10 hellenium cool thing about this one is this is the last episode that airs in the 20th century mm. so that's true I this guess. is I the think about uh that. yeah this is the last episode that uh airs uh in 1999 this one specifically aired december 19th wow and then they took a little break right for there. the holidays, and then boop, mm-hmm. it started mm-hmm. up again the uh, the next year. Hmm. So uh, for those of you who are young that are listening <laughs> to this podcast, which I don't I don't imagine there's too many people that uh, didn't experience this. So Y2K, Mike. Y2K. Uh, what are your yeah. memories of Y2K? What do you uh, remember? My memories of Y2K were uh, nobody knew what the hell was happening. Um, we didn't know if. Um, 
at midnight, or I guess here it was 11 p.m., mm-hmm. um, you know, if the East was just going to blow up or, or what was going to happen. I mean, there were all kinds yeah. of stories. Well, that was my question there. as a kid, too, is which midnight? Exactly. There's 24 midnights before it. That's what like, I'm saying. There's, you know, all these different time zones, yeah. different midnights. Yeah. Who's midnight? Is it the International Dateline midnight, or is it the last midnight of the day? I think or? we would have seen it coming had things happened. Yeah. It was. It's it was, just a rollout. They're rolling it out as it comes yeah, through. It's yeah, just it's, a, just a, it's a gradual it's a slow process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I I remember people being terrified though. They they thought everything was going to stop. They thought the bank yeah. accounts were going to go dry. I mean, they just, we didn't know. Yeah, every, uh, yeah, I remember a little bit of that sensationalism for sure. Everybody thinking that uh, the computers and everything were going to shut down. Oh yeah. And yeah. at that point, that's when we're like, j- like the cusp of the whole world being ran on. You know, at the very beginning of all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, where the world relied on the internet. Right, right, right. It was right, about right, that time right, right. when you like, if the internet would have just shut completely off in the year two thousand, it, it probably would have caused well, a people, big thing stock I, market would have crashed all I kinds remember of stuff. people talking about planes falling out of the sky all kinds of stuff Yeah I always thought know? that was crazy as a kid I was like what is what is like one more year matter to like planes and yeah. all these things falling out of the sky It was all the code <laughs> yeah. you know they they said that the code was not And um, I well I guess as a kid I really didn't understand you know and didn't I didn't understand a lot of that I, I was like 10 I do remember because I was in uh, I was running a group of programmers at the time Oh wow okay And so so it was um, topical for y'all It was this, very this topical yeah I remember us um, having to make everything Y2K compliant and that was like you would go to these. Is this just like made up rules? These compliant compliancy things. No, what or? they would do is they would check the code and make sure that the dates would roll over oh, in I the code. You. So that that was the whole idea was the fact that the dates were only uh, to nineteen ninety nine exactly. So and anytime you went to two thousand, they weren't. But yeah. most of it worked fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. some people did have to go in and change some code and stuff, but it wasn't I, nothing yeah, happened. My calculator stopped working. Yeah, exactly. And it I realized it it because sp- I didn't have it in the sun long enough for it to charge <laughs> it, the it solar panel. Wouldn't spell boobs anymore. <laughs> yeah, if you there's it no more down. boobies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one starts uh, like we said, season four, episode ten, Hellenium, uh, all about Y2K. Uh, this one starts in a snow globe. Uh, the first. Yeah. First shot you get is through a Christmas snow globe, and you see Hank picking out a Christmas tree. Um, do you get a real Christmas tree, or do you have a fake one? No, we get a real one every year. Really? Uh, every year, my entire childhood and everything else, yeah, we just always had real ones. I was super allergic to uh, pine trees. Yeah. Well, So we always had a fake tree and a fake fireplace. We had one of those cardboard fireplaces. Oh, one of the cardboard yeah. fireplaces. Yeah. No, we never did it. We never had a fireplace, but we had we always had the real tree and uh my son was allergic to a lot of different stuff, but he yeah. had allergy medicine. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. never you know what I mean. I don't know. We just never did it. Um I can remember going and buying one that smelt like pine. Yeah. I mean there were you know we usually bought our Christmas tree the day after Christmas. Because they were all fifty yeah, percent off, fifty percent you know? off, and then you stick it in a closet and you don't use it for a year. Now my mom was huge on it. It was a real big thing to my mom. Christmas still is. Yeah. It's just like a really, really big, uh, big event. And even now that we're adults and we're like giving gifts like two weeks before Christmas and yeah. all that stuff, so just giving yeah. to you like, hey man, I already got this. You might as well have yeah. it, kind of thing. Sure. She gets pissed. Really? She gets super pissed because I told her I was like, hey, uh, I got y'all's gift. I'm just gonna go ahead and give it to y'all. And she's like, no, I'm gonna what open you, it on Christmas. What do you think that comes from? Just the surprise, the family. Uh, the- uh, what is it? I don't know. You know, it's one of those. I think it's a mom thing. Mm. Like she had catered and had these Christmases for yeah. you know all of those years I was growing up. Sure. And my mom started in 1984, and uh, her last kid was 1996. Yeah. So she had you know she'd been wow. raising kids for a really long time. So it's just a thing that's kind of I guess you know it's a habit ingrained in her. It's just something that she likes to do. So yeah. all the traditions and stuff that she did with us, she just does with the grandkids. I think it's what it now. is. I think it's traditional, right? I mean, it's it's those traditions. Yeah. She doesn't want that to die out. People don't like change, all of that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot to do with it. Yeah. People don't like change. Well, and, the other thing is you want that perfect family Christmas, you know. Yeah, you yeah, that, yeah. And you, it's uh it starts with wanting a perfect family. And yeah, then, the and perfect then family you want Christmas. Perfect family Christmas. Yeah. And she just likes all the she likes all the uh Pump and stuff. That, yeah, that's the, she yeah. likes all that stuff. It's for all all events. Sure. My mom is atheist, but Easter, everybody better be dressed nice. <laughs> yeah. Easter meal. Do you go to church? Uh, no, we don't do the church huh. thing. But uh, it was just, weird. Uh, it was who just are you for us. For? It was just for you know. It was just you know. That's what that's what I always used to think. I was like, 
we're in a non-religious household. Well, that's, yeah. But we're but it's the Easter eggs. It's the, oh, okay. the bunny rabbits. It's the candy. It's yeah. the kids. Again, yeah. it's just like you said. It's just a my mom and like, my mom and dad like partying and having people at the house and stuff like that. So it was just a like really a gathering thing. Stuff like that. It's just yeah. a reason to get together. Like yeah. they needed one. You know what yeah. I mean? Sure. But sure it was sure, just a hey, it's Easter. Everybody come to the house. We'll barbecue. It, it almost yeah. feels like you know that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's what I'm gonna do. You yeah. Know? It's been yeah, ingrained yeah, yeah. in you. All right. So we start in the snow globe hank's picking out a christmas tree uh and he is talking to a new character we've never met named chappy chappy uh he says boy i tell you what chappy you got some good looking trees this year chappy uh seems to be a little defensive uh says is that a dig because it ain't funny hank jeez <laughs> chappy yeah. okay he goes no, no, no i wasn't trying to be funny he goes oh yeah sorry hank people ain't buying trees this year they're buying batteries and bottled bo- bottled water it's a millennium hank <laughs> i i love this line from hank he says uh that's crazy everybody's known for the about the millennium for almost a year now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said you know i have on good authority from texas propane commissioner murray hogarth personal friend that there will be no disruption of essential services Chappie says well i'm not panicking you want to know why because Chappie takes care of Chappie. want a piece of cornbread made it myself no electric tools he hands i'm not eating cornbread from with Chappie no electric tools the, yeah made it tree place yeah with no electric tools hank, hank being the nice guy how, how did he make it with i don't no electric know tools. did he just have like an open fire cornbread it's like an old school uh old there school is cornbread. there is some of them uh cooking shows i watch on youtube you have like this guy that does this colonial cooking yeah uh Townsend is his name. He okay. does he does a lot of colonial stuff with cast iron and yeah. all that. Where yeah. they'll take the they'll do cornbread that is some and great the cast cornbread. iron skillet. Oh, yeah, you've you never had it that iron? good. Oh, it gets all crispy around the Well, what he does too is he does it on the open fire too. So yeah. he takes it and he puts the pot on the and then he puts a bunch of ashes and embers yeah. on top it's of like it cowboy and cooks cooking, it. You know, yeah, cowboy kind of cooking. Yeah, yeah, the chuck wagon style stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But Hank, being the nice guy, eats some and says, huh, "Must be all the elbow grease that makes it taste so good, huh?" Uh, Chappie again. Chappie, Chappie is all about just telling it like it is. Oh, he yeah. says uh, that or the lard. Render it myself. Hank says, "Render it myself." I don't, don't want to know yeah. how he renders it with no electric tools. Uh, Hank says, you're like a pioneer, Chappie. He says, I live in a shack. I poop in an outhouse. I eat what I kill. <laughs> Let the grid go down, Lord. I don't need it. Man, this guy. <laughs> I make, like it. He Dale's makes Dale friend, look yeah. sane. You know? yeah. uh, he loads a tree in the truck, and uh, uh, he says uh, he says all that stuff about pooping in an outhouse and all that. And he goes, uh, Hank says, um, there isn't a Mrs. Chappie, is there, Chappie? <laughs> No, there's not. All right, next thing, we're in the alley with uh, Hank, Bill, and Boomhauer. And uh, Boomhauer says, I tell you what, man, in Y2K, the mainframe going to come crashing down like a grid, man. Look like dang old pocket flips now, man. The, the horror. horror. The, the horror. He slows down and yeah. does it like apocalypse Marlon now. Brando, yeah, by yeah, the way, that's yeah. his line. Absolutely. Dale drives up in the Bugabago. He uh, parks and uh, comes over to him. Hank says, oh, Lord, Dale, you know this Y2K thing is tailor-made for paranoid freaks like him. And then Dale walks up. Uh, Dale says, gentlemen, sorry I'm late, but I had a fantastic day. I went to the Army-Navy store. I bet he spends a lot of time in the Army-Navy store. Yeah, have you ever been to an Oh, yeah. Surplus? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they opened the one back up over here. It was closed down for a while. And now it's nah, open again. I didn't know it was open yeah. again. Now it's open I again. I might have to go check them out. My yeah. son's on this uh, big war two kick. Yeah. Uh, uh, we saw uh, some more two stuff for sale on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. Uh, I inquired about it, and the guy uh-huh. sent me pictures of it. It was a, it was a Nazi armband. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. And uh, one of them was a Japanese war flag. Wow. So what it was is the story on that was it was a kamikaze pilot that had crashed and killed himself in war, sure. and the flag was sent back to his family. Yeah. But the flag was signed by all everybody that was a part of his unit that survived or whatever. Wow. And then they send the flag back to the family. I was kind of interested in buying that, but he just wanted like oh, I'm sure ungodly yeah. amount of money yeah. to be selling. He needs yeah. to like take that to a museum and yeah, no kidding, try right? to sell it or something because yeah. uh, he had it on Facebook Marketplace. I think for like twenty five hundred dollars or something Ooh, like that. Some, something crazy. Yeah, I said I'll give you twenty five for it, and he said no, I'm good. You know, I saw <laughs> I saw a story this morning that uh, that that kind of thing is starting to crash with the thrift stores, yeah. so like Goodwill and places like that. There was a story where there was a Grateful Dead t-shirt that's very, very rare. And this Grateful Dead t-shirt sells on eBay for like $4,500, right? It was at a Goodwill somewhere, and they had it marked at $2,500. 
So uh, they're starting to look. They're starting to things. pick up yeah. and get savvy on stuff. Yeah. I know on their, if you go to their auction website for sure. Goodwill, their sure. online auction, yeah. they do that. Yeah. They do that where they all, they'll have something, and well, then mean, I'll how? go and look at the eBay price for it. And usually yeah. for a thrift store pickup, you should be making sure. 80% profit yeah, or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, way it should be yeah. a lot of profit. Oh, but yeah. it the margin is just so small on some of that stuff that they're selling. It's unbelievable. Well, like laser disc smart. stuff. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff that they priced that doesn't even have really that much. This you know, this vintage value. market that's developed has really kind of ruined a lot of that stuff. It happened with um, It'll die out though here in here in a little well, while. Well, it happened with storage buildings, it happened with eBay stuff. I mean, it's it's happened with a lot of things. Yeah. Co- people and companies finally catch up at some point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he says uh, he went to the Army Navy store. Hank says, uh, "Would you buy a battleship?" No, Hank, he didn't buy a battleship. He said, "No, Hank, don't be a silly, a silly, not just silly. Don't be a uh, silly." silly. Uh, why I bought an American flag detail that signifies my full faith and confidence in the United States government in these trying and uncertain times. Hank says, "Well, it's taken two thousand years, but Dale, you're finally making sense." He says, "Team USA." You know what movie makes me really think of, uh, like, Team USA? Hmm. Uh, the one with the puppets? No, not that one. Team America? Uh, no, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. That always makes me think. That's To me, Wolverines. like, when I think of, like, patriotism or, yeah. like, American, like, yeah. doing the right thing kind of thing, that's always the movie that just comes to my mind. Is, that original Red Dawn was a, was, it was it a was good a movie. It was a doozy. It's a great movie. It's a super yeah. doozy. The, one, the, the, the sound. Remake the, sucks. Whoever did all the sound and stuff yeah. for it is phenomenal. Just all the the the, the, the quiet in the right times yeah. and the, the, the build up of oh, the absolutely. sound and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that movie is it's great. It's really good for being made in the late 80s. Yeah, if I mean, you've never seen that stuff. one. Uh, oh, man, watch Red Dawn. Go check yeah, that out. Watch the original. Don't watch that second one. Uh, it might be the best film with Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze in it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're saying Dirty Dirty Dancing is not not your favorite? Uh, no, I'm not. A, uh, it's not a bad movie. They it's had the just time of their favorite. life. I don't. You know? I, I don't know. I don't know that they did. They didn't seem to be having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was dirty. Uh, all right. So next, we're in Dale's basement. He's taking inventory. We know that Dale is not really part of Team USA. No, he he's said, being funny. He's got a uh, he's got a little uh, clipboard and he's taking inventory. He goes, "Let's see." Four sacks of seed corn, 18 cases of breakfast bars, strawberry, 18 cases of breakfast bars, assorted, two CO2 pressurized drums of Mountain Dew. Nancy comes down the stairs. She says, Shug. He says, no one's going to catch the big D off guard. Yacha! Does a little karate. Yeah. Uh, he says, the real problem will be obtaining fresh meat. A breeding pair of gerbils. He takes the, the thing off of a cage. Yeah. She goes, uh, Dale, honey, uh, one of those is a hamster. Well, already gave us some some facts here. Yeah. So uh, you can eat gerbils. Sure. There is a. I'm sure there is a group of people that have that eat gerbils. I know for Argentina's sure. Argentina's big on the guinea pigs. They're big they on eat guinea, a lot pigs. Of guinea pigs. Yeah, I was going to say South Americans eat guinea yep. pigs. I think it's Peru, Argentina, mm-hmm. a lot of the mountain mm-hmm. mountainous yeah. areas because I think that's yeah. where the guinea pigs are is in the mountains. Well, they're easy to breed too. Yeah. Uh, Don't take easy. up much space. No. You know. And uh, actually, I imagine because the, their guinea pigs aren't just like the ones the pet no, guinea pigs. No, they're good size ones. They're yeah. like big. Yeah. So I imagine it's good. Good. They're almost like nutrients. Probably like a yeah yeah those big rats. Yeah. Uh, so gerbils and hamsters can't procreate though. Yeah. So that is, yeah. So here, you know, where he talks about a gerbster and all that, uh, yeah, there's, there's says, no possibility. He says, laugh now lady, after a month eating cockroaches, you'll be begging for, for gerbster. gerbster. Yep. All right. Now we're in Peggy's quote unquote office with the water heater, uh, with Bobby and Luann. Peggy says, okie dokie. How's this one? Although there is no, L- she's sitting in front of the computer. Although there is no L in Christmas, there is no L in Christmas. <laughs> she thinks that's the funniest thing. <laughs> that is actually a good, Bobby. that's not a bad joke. <laughs> it is a bad joke, but it's not a bad, sure. it's, it's pretty good written joke. Bobby looks at it and he sees the word Noel, N-O-E-L. He goes, oh, I see. The second one is N-O-E-L. Mm-hmm. That's a different word. That is very funny, mom. <laughs> he says, he kind of laughs. Uh, Luann laughs nervously. It's almost like they're hostage, you know, <laughs> watching yeah, her do her this jokes. stuff. Yeah. Here comes Hank. He comes in to adjust the wreath on the door, and he's singing parumpa pum pum He said, uh, uh, who wants to go to Megalomart and buy some tinsel? And boy, Bobby and Luann cannot get out of there fast enough. They're like, me, 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 and they just run out. Um, and uh, he asked Peggy if she wants tinsels, and so uh, they all go. Uh, now we're at Megalomart, and uh, there are long lines of people. Lots of toilet paper. So this reminds me, I mean, in, in our recent history, this is the COVID 
thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like we had to run on the toilet paper and meat and all that stuff. Yeah, all kinds Every of stuff. time there's anything in the national zeitgeist like this, people make a run. You yeah. know, if there's a big winter storm, if there's, I don't know, Kate Middleton does something, whatever, well, that's it what, doesn't matter. Well, that's what we're in. We're in like this cycle of emergencies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, Everything's an emergency. Just, uh, there's, it's just like this cycle of stuff that's going on. Yeah. But I, I blame it on that 24-hour news cycle. Man. That's what it is. Because, you know, I, I, I wish first TVs, became I aware. I wish TV still went off. Yeah, no, you know? yeah, shut off at night. Yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, Well, I didn't even become aware of the 24-hour news cycle until 9-11. Really? I think that's what made yeah. a lot of my generation aware of the news. Oh, yeah, that's where it built sure. itself. Because yeah. at 10 years old, like... I had read I read the newspaper and stuff like that. It was just something I did, you know, my mm-hmm. parents or whatever. I'd look at a couple of articles or something yeah. like that, but I never just watched or pay, paid attention to the news. Right. That kind of made me like and then the 24-hour news cycle. I remember the news cycle for 9/11 as it went on for like what, like solid 2 months, yeah, 24. It yeah. was like it was yeah. like solid 2 months of nothing. They weren't even telling the news about anything that was going on. Yeah, it was yeah, all yeah. 9/11 sure. news. Sure. And uh yeah, I just remember just watching it. Just remember how constantly a, watching it. Remember how big a hero George Bush was for a while? For a while, in, until he invaded Iraq, and then that well, changed the perspective. He, uh, you know, before that all happened, he had already planned on. Um, he, he had a bunch of policies in place that were very unpopular. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah. when that happened, boy, it just changed the whole game. Yeah, well, it's because if. Uh, is is because if America held our leaders to the same accountability that we expect other countries to hold theirs to, you know, he'd probably be a war. He'd probably be listed as a war criminal. I'd sure, imagine. Sure. Him, Donald Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, that whole uh, Iraq thing was BlackRock. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. All that shady uh, defense. This money. is this is <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of conspiracy stuff today. Well, it's a con- it's that's the Y two K. It's the topical Y two K thing. Yeah. All right. So uh, he, I don't believe in the magic <laughs> bullet theory. You know, I don't think there was a magic bullet. There was only one bullet. Down into the left. I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, so there's long lines of people at the Megalomart. They're all getting the toilet paper. They're all hoarding, stocking up. Um, you, we come in and we see Santa on the roof of the Megalomart, and he's saying, "Oh, ho, ho! Our prices are ho, ho, low." <laughs> uh, and there's a guy with a shopping cart. He's got tons and tons of toilet paper in it, and he said, "There's a run on triple ply bunny soft." And this uh, this worries Bobby quite a bit. He yeah, says, uh, what about quilted aloe vera? Because I don't know. It's not my brand. He goes, well, it is my brand. Well, it's my brand. And Bobby yeah. is Bobby's very worried about not getting the toilet paper that he needs. Quilted aloe vera. <laughs> well, triple ply bunny soft. I'm just, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I just didn't know that they had all that stuff in the 90s. Yeah. I, all well, those crazy TPs. I thought that the, well, because I thought that the, the toilet paper industry blew up in the early 2000s. Oh, like I with all know. the weird, because I don't remember lotions and stuff being in toilet paper. Until, you know how those people that collect toilet paper rolls for their kids at school, they're all just doing like art projects. Oh, the and empty stuff. rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, Hanks, Hank sees all this and he goes, Bobby, you are not hopped up on this Y2K ho ha, are you? He goes, I just saw a man wheeling 300 rolls of triple ply, and it made me uneasy. He goes, that man is a nut job. Now we're in line. You know, they are standing in line, and this lady turns around and goes, oh, he's not a nut job. I used to work for Dell Computer. I know things. Okay, lady. Uh, There's a lot of people that work for Dell Computer. A lot of people. Peggy turns to her and goes, Dell Computer? Oh, excuse me. I have a K-Pro. Now, can you tell me if it'll be Y2K compliant? That lady just laughs her butt off and says, uh, K-Pro, my watch has more memory in that piece of crap. And then Bobby looks at him and goes, uh, you know what I think, Dad? Nut job. Do you know anything about K-Pros? I don't know anything about a K-Pro. No. Was that a real thing? Uh, it was an actual real computer company from San Diego. Yeah. I thought it was like uh, uh, oh shoot, like a gateway or a whatever, you know. It started in uh, 1981 and went defunct in 1992, so they were already defunct by this point. Wow. The company was. Yeah. Yeah. What was the – oh, Packard Bell. You remember Packard Bell computers? Yeah, I remember Packard Bell. And then uh, do you remember, uh, dude, you're getting a gateway. Or no, yeah. your dude, you're getting a Dell. But do you remember the yeah. gateway with the – Oh, yeah, the gate with the cows. Yeah, the cow print, yeah. But the Packard Bell, they got in trouble because uh, everybody was buying Packard Bells. They were cheap. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then they got in trouble because people were breaking them open and finding used parts in them. So they were they were recycling these used parts and not not telling anybody. Uh, all right, so now we're at the Hill House. It's night. We've got Christmas lights all over all the houses and stuff. And uh, Peggy is in her 
quote unquote office and she is printing like crazy on that dot matrix printer with the little, the little rows and the things on the side of it that she had to tear off. Uh, Hank comes in and says, Peggy, I need your help. She goes, Oh, I need hard copies. I could lose everything. Hank, everything. Seven letter boggle words. My Peggy Hill self abridged thesaurus musings, ponderings on the way of being musings, rap music, wrapping paper. I know I can crack that nut. Uh, and the thing that we do see is that Bobby is coming in out of frame and he's like Pac-Man eating the popcorn off of the thread that Hank's making. Did you ever make that? Uh, where you thread the popcorn? No, we never did nothing like that. We did the Christmas cracker thing. Christmas cracker. What is it? Oh, like the thing that pops? The thing that pops. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Now we're in bed and we can still hear that Daisy wheel printer, uh, back in the background. She is just printing everything off. She thinks she has to have a hard copy. Uh, and uh, they're both in bed. Hank says, uh, Peggy, why don't you take off that nasal strip? Maybe your snoring will drown out the sound of that dang printer. She says, do not blame me. Blame the freaking millennium. We go to the next morning. Uh, Peggy goes into her office, and she sees that the printer is jammed. It is just printing on that one line over and, and over, over and, and over. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, oh, no, my opinions. Oh, no. She just starts <laughs> crying. Uh, now we see That's where her, her opinion should do is, you know, slowly, <laughs> yes, slowly die out. Just yeah. print over each other. Uh, now we see, I think Hank, that's what they do when they're coming out of her brain. Oh yeah. They're like printing over each other. Oh, that's absolutely. why she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> it's all in Spanish. Um, we see the truck backing out Hank's truck and, uh, Bobby is sitting in the bed, which we never see. Um, and, uh, he's pulling out and the boys are over there in the alley. Hank, uh, rolls down the window and says, Hey Dale, you own a computer, don't you? Dale says, I have a system. He says, well, I'm going to surprise Peggy this year. I'm going to get her a new computer. And, uh, of course, Dale, not sensing uh, societal cues, he says, a computer? Uh, I mean, a computer? Uh, Hank says, uh, it's a shame to see all our friends and neighbors acting so selfish because now Dale is in the truck with him. He's going with him to help him yeah, pick yeah, out yeah. a computer. Uh, he says, uh, Fred Nicholson cut an old lady off yesterday in the checkout lane. The JV basketball coach. The JV basketball coach. coach. <laughs> Dale says, greedy. He goes, I mean, if everyone hoards, there'll be nothing left to go around, and he who does hoard will have unreasonable power. But you can see his gears just cranking in his brain. You know? Yeah. Hank says, you and I seem to be the only ones around here that have our heads on straight. He goes, completely straight. Now we're at a strip mall. And uh, uh, we see the sign for 24-hour computer heaven. 24-hour uh, computer heaven. <laughs> computer if heaven. You're, if you're looking for a PC at 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, and uh, they pull up into the into the shopping center, and they park in front of JRR Tokens, which I, I really enjoyed that. I like that joke, I think too. That's a that good is an obvious play on uh, JRR Tolkien. Yeah, because uh, you used Hobbit. to have to buy tokens to play the, the machines in the arcade. It's actually a really good joke. So they go in and they see all these guys with clipboards and stuff, and you can tell they're they're working on all the machines. Bobby says the machines are down for compliance testing. He goes, "Oh, hold the phone! Whack a mole is up and running." So he runs off to it. Hank goes over there by him. He goes, "Of course it's running. There's no computer in your whack a mole game." Well, it probably is. Uh, it's a basic peg and gear system with simple servo motors controlling each rodent. He just kind of sits down because he's he's regaling Bobby with yeah, all yeah, of yeah. the ins and outs of the of the. Uh, uh, of course, he's got to make whack-a-mole unfun. Oh, yeah. So he goes, uh, so they don't make them like this. Oh, and the mole pokes him right in the butt because he sat down on it. Uh, now we see a giant sign that says Computer Xmas Blowout CV CD DVD MP3. Boy, you remember when that was like you could buy those things? You could buy a CD. A DVD was was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White yeah. hot, and all of a sudden there was a thing called an MP3 player. You know? Do you remember the uh, being able to put MP3s on a disc and being able to put like a hundred songs on one disc instead of oh having heck a, yeah yeah, and then you put it in like a DVD player and the DVD yeah. player would give you yeah. the menu for the songs Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I had a I had a changer in my uh, Bronco Two at the time. Oh, Bronco Two. Uh, Did yeah. you have a white one? A little black one. A little black one. Yeah, it was. A, I had tint that was probably illegal on it, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. A, I loved that car. That was my favorite car. Uh, but uh, I had this little CD changer, and it had a thing where if you put MP3s on there, it would just play it like songs. Yeah. You know, just you could just fill it. Uh, so they're now at twenty uh, four hour computer haven. And they're looking at all the computers. There's just rows and rows of these computers, right? And uh, they all look exactly the same. Uh, Dale's over at the side, and he goes, Hank, I found one. Uh, uh, 
Hank says, uh, now, hold on, Dale. I want to make sure it's Y2K compliant because Peggy's K-Pro evidently is not. Salesman comes up, and he's just kind of cackling at him. He goes, K-Pro? That wasn't even Y2, Y1K compliant. Uh, he goes, all home computers are Y2K compliant now, but the mainframes. Uh, Dale says, if people would spend a little less time worrying, a little more time reading a brilliantly written op-ed piece for former FCC chairman Reed Hund, then they'd realize that our government has everything under control. And uh, that is a real, he actually was the FCC chairman. Was he? Uh, from November 29th, 1993 to November 3rd, 97, he was a Bill Clinton appointee. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Hank says, I'd like to read that article, Dale, and I'll just take that computer, the gray one. They're all gray. Every single one of them's gray, so that's a decent joke also. Uh, they're over there swiping Hank's card, trying to pay for it, and the guy says, oh, shoot, our system is down. I can't ring you up. Hank says, like I think all sane people would say, well, just yeah. write me out a receipt. He goes, no, sir, the computer is down. I can't sell you a computer. I can't check our inventory. I can't lock the front door. It is impossible to figure out the sales tax. Hank says it's 8%. He goes, yes, an 8 is a key on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so they all just leave. Hey, eight, sales tax has been 8% for a long time, huh? Uh, it's 8 and a quarter here. Oh, 8 and a quarter. Yeah, it's 8 and yeah. a quarter. Still, 8 and a quarter is not hard to figure yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's not hard. Uh, so now we're in the alley. Bill is in the alley drinking by himself, which is super sad. Uh, Peggy brings the trash out and he goes, Hey Peggy. She says, uh, huh. Where's Hank? Uh, he goes, he went someplace. I can't tell you. Uh, of course this puts, uh, Peggy's radar or antenna up. He goes, uh, she says he went Christmas shopping. Uh, Bill's like, <laughs> uh, and so she ends up getting Bill on the back porch, pouring him some wine, feeding him little cheese cubes, trying to get all this information out of him. Bill is uh, telling her all about his wonderfully interesting life. He says, uh, so I moved all the combs to the lower drawer, which was practically empty, and now it's a base-wide policy. Yeah, so all the barbers at Fort Blandon, well, and she's feeding him cheese, and she goes, tell yeah. me the part about where Hank is getting me for Christmas. He goes, oh, a computer. Computer. He just gives it up. I mean, it's just so easy. Well, it's such a, well, I mean, come on, it's a <laughs> shoe-in gift for Peggy, right? He goes, uh, anyway, and he's trying to tell her the rest of the stuff. She goes, oh, yeah, because she's really excited about this computer. Uh, he starts telling the rest of it. Yeah, so remember I said I'd tell you about the brushes, Peggy? He looks around, brushes? Brush, you, uh, and she's gone. He goes, uh, talking to himself, he goes, you had her with the combs, idiot. <laughs> I don't know why he's always trying to get in Peggy's pants. I don't know. It's That's a really odd. Yeah, weird yeah, yeah. thing. Very, very he's weird. He's been turned down so many times. But it's his friend's wife, yeah, too. I just don't understand He's been it. threatened several well, times. Well, that's why the I think the uh, the theory behind Peggy and Bill comes yeah, into place because of the, all the weird tension around the two. I guess. So now we transition over to Dale's basement. It's completely dark. Uh, he says, Shug, I'll be in my think hole. That's a gross, but sure. Uh, he's going down the stairs, completely dark. All you see is a cigarette. And then he turns on the light, and dear God, the whole place is flooded. Uh, I didn't know what it was at first, but he goes, my dew! So it, the whole place is just flooded with Mountain Dew. He looks over. Uh, Puff Puff, the hamster, is over there eating corn out of one of the bags. And he goes, how could you do this to me, Puff Puff? He goes, my cigarettes, because there's just cartons of them floating. He tries to pick them up out of the dew, and they're all wilted and gross. Uh, this is probably the worst thing that could happen to Dale. Very worst thing that His could happen to him. His cigarettes are soaked in dew. Yep. His dew is now spoiled. Ain't got nothing. His hamster that he was going to eat is gone. Uh, all right, so now we're at Strickland. Big old line of people outside. They are waiting to get into Strickland Propane. Uh, inside, it's Hank and Debbie and uh, Mr. Strickland, and he's saying to them, well, I hope you took your heart pills this morning, Mr. Strickland, because it looks like it's going to be a rough one. He goes, nope, not me, Hank. There's a lynch mob out there. They gone Y2 kooky. I'm out of here. Y2 kooky. Uh, Y2 kooky. Like <laughs> yeah. Debbie, yeah. by the way, Debbie's packing up as well. Uh, Hank says, sir, have you forgotten the gasser's creed? I promised to dispense, and he interrupts and he goes, no, 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 I don't have time for that. Debbie and me are going to go... Uh, ride out the apocalypse in the desert. I'll be back in two weeks. Mr. Strickland sucks. He's not a great guy. No, he's not a great guy at all. <laughs> he's just not a great guy. So Hank finally unlocks the door, lets the big crowd in. Buck and Debbie, you see him speeding off in a propane truck, uh, dragging his Cadillac car behind him. 
uh, and the crowd is all just like angrily muttering and stuff. And Hank's just like, don't worry. We got plenty of propane to go around. And he shouts to the back. He goes, hey, Joe Jack, what do you got left in the tanks? Joe Jack sticks his head down and goes, tanks are tapped out. We got nothing. He goes, what? But we were supposed to get a shipment in this morning. And then the people are starting to turn on him. You know, yeah, they're yeah, getting yeah. pretty angry. He goes, okay, it's officially an emergency. I'm going to put in a call to the Texas Propane Commissioner, Murray Hogarth. And boy, the whole crowd's just like, oh, wow, you know Murray Hogarth? <laughs> yeah, like anybody knows who the hell that is. Uh, so actually, uh, he <laughs> is a real Hogarth. person, but he wasn't any, he was from some dude from Canada, but he was the founder of Pioneer Petroleum which opened a gas station in 1956, its first one. Wow. Uh, it grew to over like 140 locations. It was one of the largest distributors of uh, petroleum in Canada at one point. It was uh, the largest private independent petroleum marketer. Uh, so he was a legitimate person who was in energy, but uh, he wasn't in Texas. So He was not the uh, Texas propane commissioner at the time? No, 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 no. He was just some dude from Canada who started something that had to do with petroleum. So So the crowd is starting to kind of turn on him. He goes, well, I know him. You know, they're all very impressed. Uh, So he picks up the phone. He says, Murray Hogarth, uh, please. Oh, hi, Murray. Hank Hank Hill calling. Uh, My supplier left me holding the – what? Wait, what? You promised me – you said there were procedures in place. He goes, what what does this have to do with Y2K? What what does temporarily noncompliant mean? Murray, Murray, stop crying. Act like a commissioner, for God's sakes. <laughs> he hangs up the phone. Uh, the crowd is like, so where's our propane? They are. They have really turned at this point because they are Y2 kooky. Uh, Hank says, uh, nothing to panic about. Okay, I got some extra tanks in the back. Starts kind of backing out of the thing. He goes, so if you'll just form a single line, uh, please. There, there you go. There's procedures in place, procedures, procedures. He backs out. He, he gets to the back door, and he says, forgive me, Lord, for what I'm about to do. And then he locks the back door, takes three propane tanks, and throws them in his truck and speeds off. Yeah. That is very unlike Hank. Very, not, not like Hank at all. I wouldn't, no, it's not I like him at all, him to yeah, that. to be burning out and riding out. But, hey, that is our first commercial break. We'll take that one. Uh, go load up our trucks with propane, and we'll be right back. Propane. Well, let me tell you, Rusty, uh, eating healthy used to be a struggle for me, but that was before I discovered the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. The Blendjet 2. Now when fast food temptation strikes, I just blend up a delicious and nutritious protein shaker smoothie. You know, they gave us a whole bunch of those uh, little packages that came with the blender. Yeah. And there's some really good flavors in there. I mean, there's some like that matcha thing. The green matcha? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty damn good. Uh, Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up smoothies at work, uh, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. Mm. It's small enough to fit uh, in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Maybe a human thumb. Don't. It doesn't. Don't put your thumb in it. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15-plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C, which has saved us all. There's nothing worse than turning that USB thing over and over and over and over, and then finally finding how it plugs in. You know? Oh yeah, I don't USB like that either. Yes, USB C saved us all. Best of all, Blendjet Two cleans itself. <laughs> Just blend water with a drop of soap, and you're good to go. Uh, there's 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from. There's a Blendjet Two to complement just about any style. I have, um, we have a pink one. Lavender. I think ours is lavender. Uh, yeah. Mine is the Toy Story Aliens. Oh, yeah. It's like the Pizza Planet one. Ooh, yeah. that Ooh. one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, they've got some really cool uh, um, colors, and yeah. but I really like the patterns. I know one of the people here got one that looks like Woody the Sheriff. Is there a from, code with them? There is a code. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and glab, gra- <laughs> grab yours glibity, today. Glibity, glab glob. it today. Glibity, glibity, glob. Uh, and when you do glab it, uh, make sure you use the promo code. B-W-A-A-A-1-2. That's to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the code BWAAA12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Blendjet 2, formerly known as Blendjet. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's me, your puzzle-loving pal. 
Did you know I was a puzzle-loving pal? I didn't know you were a puzzle-loving pal. <laughs> I got to tell you about my latest obsession. It's Wongo Puzzles. Uh, these things are the real deal. They are high-quality, handcrafted, and perfect for anyone who loves a good challenge but doesn't want to dedicate their entire kitchen table to puzzles for a week. Trust me, I have been there. I will tell you this. Uh, my parents, you know, they're very old and decrepit, and uh, they make uh, they, they do puzzles all the damn time. Yeah. Like, there's always a table that what has, like, an unfinished do, right? puzzle. Yeah, it's either that or, I don't know. Die. <laughs> feel, feel your bones. Uh, so they these puzzles, these Wongo puzzles, they are 100% wooden. Uh, the last forever. Uh, each piece is hand drawn. Just think about that for a second. Each piece is hand drawn. So no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun whimsy pieces as you work through it. Whimsy. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. You know, before we started doing this, I didn't realize how many people I know already have these Wongo puzzles. I mean, they're they're apparently pretty. pretty you can't go wherever Juan go. <laughs> With uh, stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I loved doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. Uh, So what are you waiting for? Let's go to Wongo Puzzles, W-O-N-G-O Puzzles.com and pick a puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code B-W-A-A-A for 10% off your order. It's the most fun you'll have with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use your code B-W-A-A-A to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. And we are back. We are uh, full of propane and uh, ready to ride this uh, year 2000 out. Uh, We see Hank drive into his garage. He, uh, He puts the door down. Uh, so you know that Hank is trying to get away with something here. He never really puts that door down unless he wants to hide something because he's very proud of his very neat and uh, uh, unified garage. Um, so we see him coming in, lowers the door. Inside, Peggy is on the phone. Luann is at the table. Uh, and she, uh, Peggy on the phone says, Hank's getting me a new computer for Christmas. She goes, well, I think it's romantic. I don't know who the hell she's talking to. Uh, but, uh, also Hank took those three propane tanks in there and he put a tarp over them cause he wants to make sure they're hidden. Uh, Hank comes in, he's looking out the window and he goes, did it make the news? Uh, she says, did, did what make the news? He goes over at work. Mo- Murray Hogarth was crying. Peggy, this computer thing could be big. You were right to worry. Um, okay. Hank is starting to flip out a little bit here, right? He's starting mm-hmm. to buy into this thing. Uh, Luann is over there pouring eggnog. Um, Peggy says, well, I am more than worried, Hank. I am panicked. I am panicked that my old computer is going to drag this family down into the depths of chaos. Let's get rid of that old computer. Oh, right. Exactly. I agree. So once again, this is shitty Peggy coming out. Shitty Peggy. She's not worried about Y2K. Nope. She's just worried about getting herself a computer. That's it. Uh, Hank says, uh, let's get rid of that old computer, shall we? Uh, and, uh, she, he takes off, uh, she whispers to Luann, oh, he is such a bad actor. Then we see Dale at the, uh, at the, uh, uh, glass sliding doors in the kitchen. He goes, let me in. He's banging on the doors. Uh, Hank comes over and goes, oh, Dale, thank goodness. Everyone else is losing their heads and you're the only one. He goes, shut up. I don't have time for your little problems. My gerbil screwed me. Hank's like, like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm ruined. All the planning and the secret hoarding. Hank says, "Uh, you've been hoarding? I don't know why this is a surprise to anybody. I don't know why it's a surprise to anybody at all. He is the... A classic hoarder. He's a hoarder. He lies about stuff all the time. He has I Mountain Dew and 55-gallon drums. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And you can't tell me Hank doesn't know about that Mountain Dew and those drums. You know? I mean, he had to bring them in. There's no way he brought them in by himself. Nah, no way at all. So, uh, Hank, again, he's surprised. He says, uh, you've been hoarding? And all this time, Dale is just going through their pantry. He goes, duh, I need foodstuffs. What you got? He goes, I have nothing for a liar like you. He starts taking that stuff back. Dale says, you got three tanks of propane. Hank says, how'd you know that? He goes, Hank, I have dedicated my life to getting ahead of others in times of crisis. This is my time. 
Hank says, fine, it's your time. So what do we do? He goes, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his time, but he has no idea. No idea what they're supposed to be doing, yeah. So now it's nighttime. They go back out to Chappie because Chappie's the one that said he poops in a bucket or whatever. Uh, Chappie says, uh, all right, you're going to need uh, your own wheat grinder. I'll teach you how to grow your own mung beans and old paper towels. I live in a shack and I poop in an outhouse. <laughs> I don't know why he has to add that. I'm not time. sure why he has to add that either. So, I poop in an outhouse. Here's, here's a um, – do we know who wrote this one? Johnny Hardwick. Did he? Yeah, this is Johnny Hardwick, I think, is the writer. Hold on. It was directed by Trisha Garcia and written by Johnny Hardwick. Yeah, okay. so this is one of Johnny's episodes. It was uh, uh, was Toby one of the uh, producers on this? Toby from The Office? No, no. Okay. Because there, there, is a, I can see. there is a scene in The Office where uh, somebody is, is sprouting mung beans in their drawer on paper towels yeah and so it's funny to me that that same joke made it in here oh the you know beans about the mung beans on paper towels that is kind of funny i yeah. know what you're talking about yeah yeah. yeah 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 i mean it's probably some probably some overlap uh greg daniels you know yeah, what I mean? he's exactly. the director yeah. so so uh yeah it's uh uh he's he's growing those or he's sprouting those mung beans in i his bet drawer. you could look at parks and rec there's probably a mung bean joke somewhere in there <laughs> probably is yeah. he goes uh i just remember them going yeah it smell like death but they taste great <laughs> all right so uh uh, he says, I poop in an outhouse. Dale says, that's it? That's your go-to guy? An outhouse and monkey beans? <laughs> monkey beans. Monkey beans. Yeah. I couldn't take on the freaking bicentennial with an outhouse and monkey beans, let alone the millennium. <laughs> uh, of course, Chappie is <laughs> oh, like, is that man. a dig? Chappie just wears his feelings on his sleeve. Uh, Dale says, you listen to me, Clem Kittlehopper. You listen good. <laughs> 1.2 trillion lines of lethal software code. Hank kicks in and says, yeah, and 30 billion embedded microchips. Dale says, all going down, utilities will fail, nuclear weapons will launch themselves. Here comes Chappie. He says, wait, 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 hold on now. Don't cut me out. We can work as a team, right? Hank says, all right, I'll take care of tools and supplies. You guys are in charge of food. Try to stay focused. As you, soon as he uh, says try to stay focused, both of them are just like just all, going all over, over the place. Just uh, they don't know what to do. <coughs> he calls Chappie uh, Clem Cadiddlehopper. That is a country bumpkin character created by Red Skeleton. Oh, really? That's where they get that name from. Red Skelton, huh? Uh, now we see a banner uh, because they have pulled up to this antique shoppy. Uh, it is at the antique shoppy, and the banner says, Oldie Timey Christmas Gifts. And I'm saying the E because they added in there. O-L-D-E-T-Y-M-E Christmas Gifts. Old Time Christmas Gifts. Uh, and now we're back at Hank's place, uh, and he has a grandfather clock. He's in there polishing it uh, in the garage covering it up because that's what he's going to give Peggy now. It's yeah. right next to a big poster of Tom Landry. Uh, and he says, uh, he's in there with Bobby. He goes, I know that your mom wants a computer for Christmas, but she'll thank me come January 1st when this is the only gift on the block that'll work. <laughs> he says, <laughs> he's starting to get wrapped up in it now. Yeah. <laughs> this is just silly. He goes, uh, and when that grid goes down, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, Bobby says, I don't know what a grid is. He goes, exactly. He goes, nobody does, and they certainly won't know what time it is, and that's when they'll be knocking on our door asking to use our clock. I don't yeah. know that that's the way it's going to work, but okay. So apparently this clock makes another appearance, according to Artie here. So it's a 1910 Stromwell grandfather, mm. and it is seen again in Season 12, Episode 21. Uh, it came from the garage. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I question that because of what happens at the end, but we'll go back over that when we get there. Yeah, but that's what it says right here, which indicates they may have actually retrieved it from I the, guess they did, the yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, Bobby looks on the pegboard, and, of course, Hank has that pegboard where everything's outlined, you know, so you know where everything goes, and he sees the drill missing. He goes, what happened to your power drill? Hank says, gone, got rid of it, traded it uh, to a fool for a sack of corn. <laughs> That is <laughs> that is just not like Hank at all. Yeah. Bobby says, we've only got six days to stock up on aloe vera quilted toilet paper. Hank says, I'll get the truck. So now we see the uh, Bugabago outside the Arlen Animal Shelter. This is two uh, episodes in a row that features the, the Arlen Animal Shelter. Oh, the an Animal yeah. Shelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale and Chappie are there, and Dale's just like, Shh, let me handle this. He's talking to the guy at the animal shelter. He goes, uh, my friend Chappie and I both have wives for whom we are looking for presents. Chappie goes, Christmas dogs to put under the tree. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing. The guy at the shelter goes, well, how about this Lhasa Apso? Dale says, no, that's way too small. Chappie goes, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. 
Uh, this one's old and kind of ropey. Uh, my wife would not enjoy it. Maybe uh, the guy at the thing says, maybe you two should step away from the cages because he can pick up. They're yeah, being a little weird. Up. They're being yeah. super weird. Chappie yeah. says, please, my wife is in a wheelchair. All she wants for Christmas is a big fat dog with lots of meat on its haunches. <laughs> <laughs> Dale says, I'll take nine of those little dogs on top. Wrap them up. up. Yeah. And then the guy. That's terrible. <laughs> the guy picks up that that weird like leash on a stick thing, that yeah. thing that you, that you get around the thing, and he starts threatening them with it. Now we're at the Hill House. Uh, it is, uh, I'm assuming it's Christmas morning because they're yeah, about yeah. to open presents and stuff. Uh, they all come running in. Bobby <laughs> comes running in. He goes, we have Christmas. And Lou Ann looks around and just goes, have we lost power? Uh, and uh, Hank says, don't know, but when we do, we'll be ready because he's lighting candles on the tree. So they have gone full like pioneer, you know, before electricity kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, Peggy says, okay, Bobby, honey, why don't you get us started? He unwraps his uh, big roll of toilet paper and he goes, oh, I love it. And he just hugs it. Hank says, well, you did drop some pretty big hints. Uh, he goes, all right, who's next? Luann just can't contain herself. She's like, me, 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 me. She unwraps this thing that has these two grinders on it or these two, uh, like, smasher gears. It almost looks like a pasta machine, but yeah. bigger. And she goes, oh, uh, thank it's, uh, yeah, thanks. He goes, uh, careful, Luann. They don't call it a mangler for nothing. So, yeah, that uh, it was it's a, a laundry mangler. A laundry mangler or ringer. So yeah. they were used up into the 50s. Oh, I don't doubt that. To remove yeah. water from clean clothes. Uh, there was no spin dryer up until the 50s. Can you imagine how hardy clothes had to be to go through that damn thing all the time? Imagine how hardy women had to be to oh, sure. ring those clothes. Sure. But I'm just saying, you couldn't take the clothes you buy today yeah. and run it through there and have them last for well, that's like the any one thing time at all. I never understood about why they uh, they always had like the the imagery of women having to have a man to open a jar for them and stuff like that. Any yeah. woman that's doing laundry prior to a, a, a dryer well, with think a spin about, dryer think about is like working churning out. Churning butter and all yeah, that kind they, of stuff. I mean, good you, lord. You can't tell me their forearms and girls knock your teeth out. They're, they're opening jars Heck yeah. solo. They They're opening the jar for the, the men. Like, the men are handing them jars. <laughs> well, because you got to think, like, women did way more work than men back then, even, you know, even in the days where men were the ones oh, that sure. were at work all the oh, time. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. even yeah. women were still oh, doing more heck work. Yeah, yeah. Being, a, being a stay-at-home mother or wife was not easy at all. No. Uh, okay, so uh, he says, you don't call it a mangler for nothing. It's a laundry mangle. Uh, and Bobby looks at her and goes, for a white Christmas, that's 4,000 sheets. Like that's He's funny. just so grateful about yeah. this stupid toilet paper. Uh, Luann unwraps more toilet paper, and that's why he says that. Uh, she goes, well, thank you, Bobby. Uh, I got you a disc, man. And, uh, Uncle Hank, I got you a pair of Timberland boots, and I got toilet paper and a laundry mangler. A laundry mangler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hank says, Peggy, your turn. It just doesn't phase them. Any of this stuff, it just doesn't phase them. Uh, Hank says, Peggy, it's your turn. She goes, is it bigger than a mouse pad? Here's shitty Peggy coming out again. Yeah. Hank says, well, why don't you go find out? It's in your office. She runs to her office and you can see the clock wrapped up in the corner. She's just kind of looking around. She unwraps it and she goes, that is not a computer. He says, no, it's a Stromwell from 1910. She goes, I do not want a grandfather clock. And she just storms out. And this is Lou Anne's chance. She goes, and I do not want toilet paper. And she just storms out. Yeah, actually, uh, talking about a 1910 grandfather clock, when this episode aired, yeah. my great-grandfather, who was born in 1903, was still alive oh, when wow. this episode aired. Because mm. he died in 2001, yeah. and this episode aired in 99. Yeah, 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 so he was sure. still alive when this, because uh, 1910, you know, that's, that's a long time he ago. He probably saw a laundry mangler. I'm pretty probably he saw a lot of mangled yeah, laundry yeah. too. Well, think about. Uh, well, it's funny though. Uh, you said talk about a laundry mangler. When he was ten, he got caught stealing a pen knife, mm. and he got drafted into the merchant navy at eleven. Oh wow! So he was pulling in New, New York Harbor as an eleven-year-old or a twelve-year-old during Prohibition era. And he remembers all the British sailors. They had rum rations, and they were all getting drunk on yeah, rum. Yeah. But they couldn't get off the boat to drink. They had to stay on the boat yeah. because they were they were in uh, dry New York. New York was dry. He remembers coming in and seeing the big Statue of Liberty and all that when Absolutely he was like crazy, eleven man. years old, nineteen eleven. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That's when this uh, this building was built. Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she says she didn't want a grandfather clock. Luann runs out. He goes, "Fine, I'll take the grandfather clock. It's a great grandfather clock." Uh, he takes it out to uh, the garage, and he lowers the door, and he goes, uh, I bet you'll be ready for the Millennium Coach, Coach Landry. He's just he's just pissed off now because nobody wants to take it as serious he does. Yeah. He goes, you won 270 games, and all you needed was one suit and one hat and that one expression. 
And then he cranks the clock. Uh, he kind of watches it tick, and then he sees a little bad spot on the clock, and so he pulls out the varnish. Now, again, remember, this is a sealed room, Yeah. Uh, and he starts varnishing the clock. Uh, he gets uh, – I just put down that he gets high. I mean, because – That's pretty much what it, it is, yeah. It, he gets he gets pretty damn loopy. Uh, and he just like whoops, and he sees double, and he then he finally just faints on the garage floor. Uh, you can hear the clock ticking and everything, and then Peggy from behind the door inside the house, she goes, "Hank, I'm taking Bobby and Lou Ann to get real presents. Oh, and I'm gonna be driving a car if that's okay with you." And Hank's just passed out on the damn garage floor. She's such that's so shitty though. I'm it gonna is. go get real presents. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. the the gratitude. Where's oh, that? She has none. none. She has no gratitude. But we have gratitude for our uh, commercial uh, partners, and so we're going to take our second commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Rusty, did you know that you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? No, I, mean, I didn't know that. I mean, I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned a bottle around to actually see what's inside. You know, recently I did, and I found out many of my favorite creamers, like especially the one my wife used to use, uh, they contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, ooh, dipotassium phosphate, whatever Sounds that is, terrible artificial flavors. I don't, I can't take artificial flavors a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm good on any flavoring. Taste, they taste. Gross. I like. I don't like flavors in my coffee. I like. Co I like the earthen flavor of. Coffee. I mean, I love coffee. Don't get me wrong. I I do love it. I just uh, I don't like all that crap in my coffee, right? Yeah, no, it does that. So let me tell you about Laird Superfoods then. Uh, they have better ingredients, amazing taste, and functional benefits. Uh, Laird Superfood creamers are crafted from the highest quality all-natural real food ingredients. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel into your routine. Now, they're all-natural. They've got whole food ingredients. Uh, they contain naturally occurring MCTs from coconut oil. And everybody tells you coconut oil is good for you. Mm -hmm. There's no artificial flavors, no colors, no additives, uh, no sugar from highly refined corn syrup. So that's a big deal right there. Um, if you take one thing you do every day and make it better, Laird developed his creamer himself to stay powered for a day on the waves. He was a big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton was, and he needed a morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. So he made this creamer, and it is, uh, it's, it's crazy, crazy good. Uh, Laird sources high-quality plant-based ingredients globally and puts an emphasis on U.S. sources whenever possible. They aim to source responsibly and sustainably and believe that the food you consume should be as good for the earth as they are for you. They have honest and transparent products and labels. Uh, if you try it, you won't go back. Um, they have functional superfood creamers, instant lattes, and prebiotic greens. They have a variety of snacks and supplements full of wholesome plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for wherever life takes you. So to get a deal on Laird Superfoods, I need you to go to zen.aibwaaa king of the hill. So that's zen.ai slash bwaaa king of the hill. And your offer code there is bwaaa. So Laird Superfoods makes a better creamer that keeps you powered all day, and it's better for you, the earth, and your coffee. What do you say, Rusty? You want to go get some coffee? Mmm. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rusty. Yeah. Did you know that dehydration is the leading cause of daytime fatigue? Oh, no. I don't know about you, but like 2, 33 o'clock, I just hit a wall almost every day. I was shocked to learn that even mild dehydration can cause headaches, muscle weakness, brain fog. But luckily, there's a cure. Oh, there is? Uh, actually, I should have said there's a solution. It's called cure. Cure hydration. Uh, the Cure Hydration is an oral rehydration solution, or ORS, uh, that contains the perfect balance of electrolytes. We know how important that is because plants crave it. Super important. And glucose to help your body absorb water and rehydrate quickly. The formula is made with all natural ingredients like coconut water, powder, and pink Himalayan salt. Whoopee. And it is free from artificial flavors, sweeteners, and preservatives. Cure Hydration is vegan gluten-free, and non-GMO. Uh, that makes it a great option for anyone with dietary restrictions and preferences. Uh, the packets that they give you, they're convenient. They're easy to use. You just mix them with water and drink. They're perfect for on-the-go, travel, or anytime you need quick hydration. 
Uh, hydration is more than just drinking water, Rusty. It is uh, that's what Lauren Picasso, a lifelong endurance athlete, discovered as she struggled to stay hydrated no matter how much water she drank. I've known people like that. My yeah, wife, my yeah, wife drinks yeah. so much water; it's crazy. Lauren found Cure, a science-backed electrolyte drink mix, to make hydration easy for everyone. Uh, Cure believes that hydration should be simple and effective, but also clean and natural. That's why they only use the highest ingredients and quality plant-based stuff to avoid any artificial or harmful additives. They're committed to transparency and honesty. All of their ingredients are clearly listed on their website and packaging, and they're always happy to answer any questions or concerns. So are you ready to combat dehydration? Absolutely. You you can try Cure today and feel feel the difference for yourself. Use your code... B W A A A. Sorry, I blanked. You're good for twenty percent off your order. Try Cure today and feel the difference for yourself. Use our special code B W A A A for twenty percent off your order. Uh, your coupon will be activated at checkout. Try Cure Hydration. Stop drying out. All right, and we are back. Uh, if you can tell by the hands on the 1911 grandfather clock, uh, it is time to wrap this sucker up. Uh, we hear the clock chiming, and Hank is still on the ground in the garage, and he's just like, uh, he's he's very, very loopy. He starts to hallucinate. Uh, Hank is now seeing visions of whack-a-mole. This is the whack-a-mole vision where he is the he, he is the mole. He is a mole, and so is everybody else. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to wake up, but he sees all this going on, and he looks around and sees all the moles, and he's like, well, are, you, are you guys crazy? Don't stick your heads out there. This is one of my favorite animated sequences in, uh, in probably in King of the Hill. Really? My, it's one of my top it's a good 10. One. It's a good with one. With the heads bobbing up and I down. I love how they've like all a, got the buck teeth and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's almost like a horror scene. You it know, is like a like well to a him it's definitely a dark because yeah. it's kind of like a darker scene. I like it. He he's talking to the other moles and he's like, "Hey, uh, you guys crazy? Don't stick your heads out there. You'll get whacked." Uh, and then he looks over and he sees Peggy as a mole and he goes, uh, "Oh, Peggy!" She goes, "I'm gonna get a computer," and sticks her head right out the top and goes, Poom, "Ow!" Poom. And then she comes back down. Uh, Hank, uh, uh, as a mole, is like fighting it, refuses to go up, and he goes, "Bobby, Bobby mole." He looks over at Bobby. Bobby is uh, stacking toilet paper, and he goes, I'm wearing diapers, Father. He goes, what? He goes, I'm going backwards. I'm a baby now. The future is bad. You said so yourself. Gooba gaba gaba gaba. He's just the like, oh, God. The future is bad. The future is bad. That's the, such a Hank thing. Yeah, the future is bad. He sees all the moles going back and forth, and they're, they're chanting, up and down, join the party, join the party, up and down. He's like, this is insanity. Keep your heads down. He looks over, and there's kind of a light shining on this one mole that's turned around. It's got a hat on. He goes, Tom Landry? And we hear the Tom Landry mole turns around and goes, hello, Hank. He says, Coach Landry, you got to get off the platform. It's a peg in gear. In a couple of seconds, it's going to push you through that hole. He goes, I know. He goes, but aren't you scared? You're going to get whacked. He goes, not every time, Hank. And the times you don't, it's pretty sweet. Sunshine, fresh air, a little football on the TV in the arcade. Every time I go up, I see a little more. Well, my turn again. He tips the hat, and he goes right up, and he goes, ah, the Cowboys are playing. boy, Troy. <laughs> Uh, Hank Mole says, uh, come on, Bobby, it'll be all right. Coach Landry said so. Bobby says, uh, no, I like it here. It's safe and it's quilted. And he's got a, a fort built out of toilet paper over there as a mole. Yeah. And he's a googie, googie, googie. And Hank says, Bobby, come with me. Everything's going to be just fine. And the Hank Mole goes up and then, oh, and he wakes up on the floor, real woozy and stuff. Uh, and uh, he has finally kind of started to come out of this thing. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see Hank on the riding lawnmower bust through the garage door out into the backyard. Uh, uh, Peggy and Luann and Bobby have come home from shopping and they're like, ah, dear God. Oh, for goodness sake. Bobby comes running over. Dad, are you okay? And he's just like coughing and sputtering. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. We're all going to be okay. Uh, and now. We transition to what is kind of the final scene here. Um, it's it's nighttime. They're all outside. They've they've piled up all all the toilet paper and all the Y two K stuff, the mangler, everything else. Uh, and Bobby looks at his dad and he goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Bobby, trust me. If you want to apologize to everyone for almost ruining Christmas." Or he says, I want to apologize to everyone for almost ruining Christmas. There really is nothing to be afraid about, uh, about this millennium. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden a crowd starts together, which is very, uh, very sitcom-y. Um, he goes, heck, the year 2000 only happens once in history of man, and we're darn lucky to see it. Uh, Peggy, do you remember how excited you were when you rolled over the odometer in that Buick? Well, imagine if the whole world had been there in that car to see it with you. And then he lights a uh, roll of toilet paper on a stick, and he hands it over to Bobby. And uh, he's ready for Bobby to, to light all that stuff up. Uh, Bobby lights it all on fire. He starts pushing the clock closer to the fire. Ooh -wee. And, yeah, Peggy says, uh, oh, man, Hank, no, honey, don't burn the clock. He goes, she says, uh, you know, the more I see, the more I think it makes me look like an intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> you can't shoot, yeah, there Peggy. you go. Yeah. Hank says, uh, actually, Peggy, I got you a real Christmas present. And he hands her a little uh, brochure. And it's it's basically one of those IMAX. You remember the ones that were translucent, had the big monitor? They came in different colors. You know, the front of it was like clear. Yeah, yeah, Remember yeah, those? yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were in every library and every classroom like the, uh, for a while. What was it called? It's a particular model. Uh, the Blueberry iMac G3 is what... Yeah. Uh, he shows it to her, and she goes, has. it is the blue one, the translucent one. She goes, a system? Really? He goes, yep, the Blueberry one. It'll be here tomorrow, which the day after Christmas, probably not. Yeah, probably But not. she goes, oh, Hank, and then she kicks the clock into the fire. And so that's what I was questioning about that. And then the camera just pans up. You see all of Arlen. And uh, for the first time in the entire show, we hear Khan say, hey, hillbillies, those aren't logs. You know, they're for wipey wipey. And then you see a little snowfall, and we get the credits. And that's there it. You go. That's it. Yeah. Everybody made it. Uh, of course, during the after the credits, we hear Dale go, you're going to be begging for Jerbster. And that is it, man. That is uh, that season is four, episode it. 10, Hellenium. Hellenium. Very good episode. That's a great one. It's a good one, and it went. It seemed to go really fast for me for some reason. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know if there weren't as many cutscenes or whatever, but uh, it just seemed to just really truck along. I liked it. It was a good it was one. Good. It, was it was a, a great fast episode. one. Though. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. All right. Um, well, we will. Uh, we'll be here Friday. Uh, with a uh, That Ain't Right Friday. That and right uh, Friday. you want to tell people where they can find us? You can find us at bwaaakoth.com or you can go over to roguemedianetwork.com slash bwaaakoth. That's right. There's a lot of shows there if you want to watch uh, if you want to watch Animation Conversation. Animation which, Conversation. Uh, Rusty and F do uh, all about animation, if that's your bag. Uh, we've got tons and tons of shows there for you to check out. And uh, we will be back, uh, like I said, Friday. And then uh, Monday, we'll have a new episode. We'll go to season four, episode 11. We'll see you later. We matanye. We matanye, indeed. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.